Thank you for your love, Lord. Thank you for the love that you've poured out upon your children. Thank you for making a way where there was no way for us to enter in to the Holy of Holies, to enter in to a union with you, a oneness that only you can make a way for. Thank you for making a way. We love you, Lord. We're excited about what you're doing here and what you're doing inside of us as a body, as one with you, raising us up to know who we are in you and who you've created us to be. Thank you, Lord, for opening up our minds and our ears and our hearts today to receive the word that you have for us. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for teaching us and comforting us from moment to moment. Jesus' name, you're worthy, Lord. Amen and amen and amen and amen. What do we say, church? Amen. God is good. God is good from moment to moment to moment. He never stops. Lord, we just lift up all the families that didn't show up today because of the sickness in the family. We thank you for coming in and quick healing for those families, Lord. We just command that sickness to get out of those households right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for eradicating sickness. I thank you, Lord, that I don't get sick. I don't get sick. The old me got sick, but I don't get sick. The new me, the new creation doesn't get sick. We worship you, Lord. some scripture this morning, but that sick thing kind of happened. So I'm going to read it, unless someone else would like to. But if you all have your Bibles, let's turn to uh, 2 Corinthians 3, 18. But we all, we all, but we all, but we all, all of us, 318, but we all, all of us that believe, the key word there's all, all of us that believe. With unveiled faces, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord, who is the Spirit, who is the Spirit that is living and abiding inside of us and around us. see, how many of you know the story of Moses and when he went up on the rock to get the Ten Commandments? 
Mount Sinai. He went up there and as he was up there, he wanted to see God's goodness. He wanted to see God. He wanted to see the glory of God. And our God's so good, he made a way that Moses could see it. He said, you can't see my front side because if you did, that'll kill you. You'll die. You'll basically be blown to smithereens. You'll burst into protons or something. Who knows, you know? Little particles of light. <laughs> yeah. So God says, I'm going to carve a niche out in the side of this rock. And I'm going to stick Moses. I'm going to stick you inside of there. And as I pass by, you'll see my hinder parts, my backside, as Don Henson would say, hinder parts. <laughs> hmm. You see his goodness. You see his glory. And that rock there that he stuck Moses in is type and shadow of Jesus. Just as we are inside of Jesus right here, right now. He made a way for Moses to see the glory of God, just like he made a way for us to see the glory of God in Jesus. Does that make sense? Perfect sense. Kingdom sense. <laughs> so as he stuck Moses in the cleft of the rock and God passed by, he's seen his goodness and Moses' face lit up with such a brightness that it had to be veiled. When he came down the mountain, everybody looked upon him and they were even scared in the moment. They're like, what is that? Probably thought it was an alien or something, who knows. But his face was so bright that they had to cover it with a veil because of the goodness of God that had shown upon him. Exodus 34, 34. But whenever Moses went in before the Lord to speak with him, he would take off the veil until he came out. When he came out and he told the Israelites what he had been commanded by God. The ability to personally approach God was once only given to Moses, the great leader of Israel. What a responsibility, what an honor, you know. But now it's in reach for each and every one of us. But we all with unveiled faces, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord who is spirit. 2 Corinthians 3.18, we all read that. That's us, we all. So now we all with a new understanding see ourselves in him as in a mirror. The days of window shopping are over. No longer are we window shopping, are we looking for this identity, it's here. It's who we are. In Christ, every face is unveiled. Every face is unveiled in Christ. It's you, you. There's no longer a veil that keeps us from our Father. And gazing with wonder and likeness of God displayed in human form, we suddenly realize that we are looking into a mirror where every feature of our image is articulated in the Lord and reflected within us. Every image of Him inside of us. The Spirit of the Lord has radically transformed us. For us to grab a hold of this understanding will radically transform you from moment to moment from here on out. 
So, Lord, I thank you for opening up our ears to, re- our ears to receive this, Lord, our hearts. Till the soil of our heart right now in this moment, God, so we will understand this, the deep meaning of this unveiling that takes place and who we are right now in this moment. We are, re- we are led out of the poverty mindset. We have not a poverty mindset anymore. We are sons and daughters of the almighty king of all things, the great provider, the one who was, the one who is and is to come, is for you and with you in all that you do. The Holy Spirit is your comforter, your teacher. The spirit of the Lord has made a way for this transformation inside of us. Does that make sense, church? Am I making sense? (laughs) Our original identity, our authentic identity that he originally created us for in the garden has been restored through Christ. from the fading glory of our own works to the discovery of the amazing reality that we are God's glory. We are his glory, just as I think Tiffany was saying it earlier. This fulfills the prophecy of Isaiah 40, 45. It's 40 verse five, not 45. We've got our mask off and God's brilliance is bouncing off our faces. We're glowing from knowing who we are. Moses was glowing from knowing God's glory and who he is. We're able to glow from knowing who we are. Yeah, that'd be a good t-shirt. Glowing from knowing. Who in here knows the story of the ugly duckling? Does everybody know the story of the ugly duckling? Do you younger guys know the story of the ugly duckling? (laughs) Just to sum it up real quick, there there was an ugly duckling. There was a whole herd of ducks. I guess they call them herds, maybe a flock, no? I don't know. Yeah, a flock, but a flock to me would be flying ducks, but I don't know, I'm not a duck connoisseur. But anyway, so the little baby ducklings are flying or swimming around and this one little duckling's really ugly and all the other ducklings are making fun of him. And eventually that duckling grows up to find out his true identity and he spreads his wings and to come to find out he's a big, beautiful swan, more beautiful and prettier than any of the ducks because he found his identity and who he truly is. And that's us, church. That's us as the body. We're no longer ugly ducklings. We are sons of the Almighty, sons of the creator of all things that is excited about doing life with you and everything that you do. No longer are our faces veiled, just like it said in 318. In Genesis 1.26, God says, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. The word there that is used for likeness is the word icon. And it translates to exact resemblance. Genesis 1.26 according to our likeness. Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. And that word translates to exact resemblance. If you take an oak tree, and you take the seed of an oak tree, an oak tree, if you're not familiar with an oak tree, it's a giant tree, it grows up to be really big, really hard wood. You take that seed and you plant it in a pot, it's only two foot big. No. 
What's going to happen to that oak tree? It's not going to grow very big, is it? A seed will never become an oak tree. That oak tree's it's limited. Its capabilities are limited. Only being in that little bit of a pot, that little that size of a pot. It'll get stifled. It'll stun its growth. But there's nothing wrong with the seed. The seed's planted. The seed's good. But it's the environment that it's in that stunts its growth. It fell prey to its environment. You are the seed from God. You are God's seed. kind of environment are you planted in? He made you in his likeness, his image. God's big. He's vast. He's limitless. He's not restricted to a two-foot pot or a little box. His limits are beyond our imagination even. He's loving, he's kind, he's merciful and full of grace. I say that just to don't let your environment dictate how big your oak tree becomes. The word references oak trees multiple times. In fact, Mark quotes and every time I see him, he'll say, I'll say, how you doing, Mark? He says, I'm a tree planted by a river. <laughs> but he knows who he is. What's that river, Mark? River of life, the Holy Spirit, the living water that feeds this tree. That's the environment, the nurturing that's providing for his tree, you see. It's the Word, the living Word. We get in here and we see ourselves in here as the mirror that that verse is speaking of. This is the mirror. Now, with unveiled faces, we are gazing at the glory of the Lord as in a mirror and being transformed. Transformation happens into His image, into His likeness. We are His hands and feet. We have a new mindset, a new perspective. No longer are we restricted to our old way of thinking. All things have been made new. We are a new creation. The restrictions of the the way, the the law of works, the DIY tree, the do-it-yourself are no more. We are free and free indeed. But do we believe it? That's all it takes. He's got to believe it. You got to believe that you are who he says you are. And you can be as free as free can be. You know, right there in that verse where it says glory to glory, it's meaning away from the glory that previously defined us. From glory to glory. We originally were defined by the glory of Moses, the law of works the regulations, the system of laws was the original glory, but now we're moved on into the new glory. Our own, the new glory, to our glory of our original design that now defines us. It's no longer about our own achievements or our disappointments. It's about who he says you are and who he has created you to be originally in right standing, in righteousness, as a best friend that walks in the dew of the morning with your father, 
that has all good things for you that you can turn to in any moment and he's there no matter the situation or the circumstance he is a good father he's for you he's not against you he's madly in love with you and excited about you in every waking moment waiting for you to turn to him No longer is it the glory of the flesh, which is the veiled face, which is the fading kind that represented Moses. That glory faded off of Moses. No longer is that the case. This glory does not fade. There is no unfading in Christ. He is and was and is to come. We are his and always will be for eternity. I'm going to turn to 2 Corinthians 4, verses 4 through 7. With Christ in us, he has redeemed us. We've been redeemed, church. In whose case, the God of this world, who's the God of the world? Who is it? Satan. Satan is the God of this world? That's right. In whose case the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving so that they might not see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus as Lord ourselves as your bond servants for Jesus. For God who said, light shall shine out of the darkness. He's the one who has shown in our hearts to give the light of knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels so that the surpassing greatness of the power will be of God and not of, from ourselves. Not from the DIY tree that Adam and Eve ate from. No longer is it do it yourselves, it's, already, it's he's done it, it's done. We're walking in the finished work. It is finished, he said it himself, it is finished. It's done, it's been done for us. We're in a place of rest where we rest and watch him move. When he says step, we step. When he says move, we move. Hmm. Some translations of the scripture read, we are being changed from glory to glory. This would suggest that change is gradual and will more than likely take a lifetime. Some of us in here probably believe that. I probably used to. Which was the typical thinking that trapped Israel for 40 years in the wilderness of unbelief. You know, Israel wandered in the wilderness for 40 years because of their unbelief, because of their complaining. Because when you complain, you remain. They remained there for 40 years because of their complaining and unbelief. We cannot become more than what we already are in Christ. We do not grow more complete. We simply grow in knowledge and awareness of our completeness in Him. Did you guys catch that? We do not grow more complete. We simply grow in the knowledge and awareness of our completeness in him. To be aware of who he is and who he says you are. To become complete, to realize the oneness that he has provided for us. The radical transformation, becoming one with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. 
I always think of like a DNA strand, how they're like intertwined. We cannot become more than what we already are in Christ. We do not grow more complete. We simply grow in the knowledge and awareness of our completeness. And if you want to reference that in scriptures, look at Colossians uh, 3.10, if you're taking notes. Actually, let's just, let's just pull it up. And have put on the new self who is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. Colossians 3.10. That's the NSAB version. And have put on the new self who is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. See, that's the thing about the ugly duckling. She realized, or he or she realized what he'd truly been created to be. You're not an ugly duckling. You're a new creation in Christ. Old things have passed away, all things become new. No longer do we have the old thought pattern of do good to get good from God. Now we have this new creation, this new mindset of it is finished, he did it, it's done, I'm gonna rest and watch him move and do what he tells me to do because he loves me and he's for me. He's not against me. He made a way where there was no way so I could rise up and just praise him each and every day and just enjoy him and do life with him and not listen to what the world has to say, not pay attention to what other people have to say and worry and fear and doubt. For those are the old things, those are the, those are the old ways. That's what the law did, it made you worry and fear that you were gonna do good enough or you were gonna get spited or burst into proton particles or whatever, you know? Could you imagine how terrified Moses was up there? My gosh. The DIY system is gone. When we try to do things out of our own self, it never works. Every time I try to do something and it doesn't go as good as it does when I just lay it down at the Lord's feet, then he picks it up and he runs with it and it happens. I can't do it. We can't do it. We can't do it without him. Exactly, we don't want to. Why would we want to? It's too much work. <laughs> That's the truth. <laughs> Our redeemed self is co-raised and co-seated together with Christ. This is freedom. We are in freedom. He said free indeed. We are co-seated. We were co-resurrected. We are co-workers with Christ, right here, right now, all of us. There's no one in here that's greater than anyone else. The Holy Spirit levels the playing field. There's no junior Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit, and he always will be the Holy Spirit. Lord, I thank you for killing our stinking thinking. I thank you for giving us thoughts that only come from you that we receive those thoughts and we dismantle the stinking thoughts that come into our mind of not being good enough to share your word not being good enough to pray for somebody not being good enough to share the love that you have for people lord i, I would just we crush fear right now in the name of jesus fear has to go there is no fear in this new covenant it's not who we are. We're not creatures of fear. We're creatures of faith. We're new creations of faith. We step out in bold steps of faith and watch him. Indiana Jones. Yeah. Right? And 
you, a lot of you have seen the movie Indiana Jones. He goes to step off, and then there's a something there for him to step on. <laughs> That's how it is. We step, he provides. We step, he provides. That's faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. What are you hoping for? So many of us in this world, instead of hoping, we worry about things, for things, instead of walking in the hope and the assurance of things hoped for that come from the Lord. Yeah. Galatians 2.20. So here I am, dead and alive at the same time. <laughs> I'm dead to the old me I was trying to be and alive to the real me, which is Christ in me. Co-crucified, co-seated. Right now we are actually seated in heavenly places with the Father, is what the Word says. We're seated at the right hand of the Father. So not only are we here, we are there. That's just how, how, how this oneness, how he's engrafted us in to the kingdom. There's no separation. So here I am, dead and alive at the same time. <laughs> I'm dead to the old me I was trying to be and alive to the real me, which is Christ in me. What a glorious entanglement I was in him in his death. Now he is in me in my life. For the first time, I'm free to be me in my skin, immersed in his faith in our joint sonship. Here, say this with me. He loves me. He loves me. He's for me. He's with me. He's God's gift to me. He's for me. He's for us. He's with us. He's God's gift to us. It's such a precious gift that we have. Such a treasure. Not only was I crucified with Christ in the past, but I'm existing now in that present condition. How can any human effort improve on this? Nothing can improve on that. And then Hosea 6.2 says, He will revive us after two days. He will raise us up on the third day that we may live before him. What happened in the crucifixion? We died with him. We rose again with him. We've been with him since the very beginning. We're all eternal beings. We were with him in the beginning when the word was with God. Come on, you guys know the verse, right? Somebody know the verse? I know Tim does. Anybody else? Here, I'm going to get you the microphone. In the beginning, there was the Word, and then the Word was with God, and then the Word was God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among men. He dwells with us. He dwells in us. Even when we were dead to our transgressions. Hi, Karen. <laughs> How are you doing? <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome back, Karen. <laughs> Gotta love the front door. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Amazon guy. Yeah. That's always funny. Come on, let's pray for you. <laughs> Bring them in here. <laughs> yeah. 
Ephesians 2.5, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved. Romans 7, 6. But now we have been released from the law, having died to that which by which we were bound, so that we serve in newness of the spirit and not in oldness of the letter. That's Romans 7, 6. Is this making sense? We're no longer bound to the law, but now we have been released from the law, having died to that which we were bound to, so that we serve in newness of the spirit and not in oldness of the letter. We serve in newness of the spirit. We've been released. We've been released. The captives have been set free. We're no longer captive by the law. We've been released from further association with the life directed by the rule of law. We are dead to that which once held us captive. (laughs) But now we are free, free indeed, free to be slaves to the newness of spirit rather than the age-old religious rituals. Our oneness is found in him. The mindset on hell is separation. I did a study on all the words of hell a while back. It's pretty wild what you find out when you do that study. But a lot of the words for hell mean separation. And you know what the law does? It plants seeds of separation in our minds because we decide we end up feeling like we're not good enough because of stuff that we've done. So then we separate ourselves. So then we put ourselves in our own personal hell because of that separation. But we're no longer separated. There's nothing that can separate us. No height, no depth, nothing can separate the love of God he has for his children. Separation is a lie. It shouldn't even be in our minds. It's not in the mind of Christ. Separation is not in the mind of Christ. And we have the mind of Christ now. So anytime you're feeling separated, that is a lie from the enemy. Take that thought captive and cast it out and bring it back to the obedience of Christ, which is your oneness and who you are with him and created to be in one unity with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Oneness doesn't come in different levels. It's all oneness. <laughs> There's no two-ness, three-ness, four-ness. It's oneness. <laughs> Only our awareness of it continues to be a wonderful unfolding because we become aware by being aware those old thoughts of separation go away and we become aware of who we truly are in Christ and who he's created us to be that's where the freedom's found Hmm. glowing by knowing yeah we are glowing by knowing (laughs) yeah becoming aware of rediscovering who we are. How intertwined our life is with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Like We're so intertwined we don't even realize it though. I mean it's like right now I'm so wrapped up in him. You're so wrapped up in him. You can't, there's nowhere you can go to get out of him. It's everywhere. He's out, he's out here. He's in here. You are him because he spoke everything into existence and everything is made up of sound waves because he spoke everything into existence. Even the concrete floor moves because of the vibration. 
We all are built up in vibration. Scientists will back this up. He spoke everything into existence. And he's given us the power to speak life and death as well, to speak things into existence. You know, your words have power. That's why it's so powerful for us to speak who we truly are in him rather than speaking the negative words that come to our minds because then we create those negative things and those accusations in our life and they become the reality that we walk in rather than resting in the finished work of the cross and who we are and who he says we are. Say it in the say it in the mic, Mark, so we can hear it. Seeds are there's nothing wrong with the seed, but it's where it lands. If you've got bad seed coming out of your mouth, it's going to grow. It's going to land somewhere and grow. But think of seeds because the word is God is the word. He spoke everything by words. Everything we speak by words is seeds like spewing out of your mouth yeah planting and, seeds and they're gonna grow you can plant negative seeds or positive seeds yeah they're you what's your dirt is your heart and you don't want to plant bad seed in your heart we're trying to get the bad seed out so it won't grow <laughs> pray that that bad seed won't grow <laughs> and the good seed will yeah Crop failure, yeah. 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 And the good soil. That's right. We have everything we need. He provided everything. Yeah. But our, our, it's not even about that any longer. It's not about our lostness. Our lostness, us being lost the people being lost is not the equation. Lostness is not the equation. <laughs> it's like uh, the, the prodigal son. What's that, like Luke 15? Is that right? Prodigal son? I think so. Is it Luke 15? Yeah. Anyways, if you don't know the story of the prodigal son, you should read the prodigal son. It's a really good story. But anyway, in the prodigal son... The son takes off and he ends up in the pigs and he's actually eating the slop of the pigs. All right. And he'd, he'd swandled his parents' inheritance and done away, went and did all kinds of crazy stuff with it. And then he, he lost everything and ended up in the pigs and was eating with the pigs. But the fact that He's eating with the pigs is not the highlight of the story. That's his lostness. That's not the equation. The, the highlight of the story is him coming back and his father receiving him with open arms freely. And he puts a robe on his shoulders, sandals on his feet and a ring on his finger and they throw a big party for him because he came back. That's the highlight. Both sons in that story were equally wrong. Just because one of them was with the father and the other one went and swandled everything. Swindled, how do you say that? Swindled, swindled, swandled, swindled, squandered. <laughs> yeah, swindled, swindled. Yeah. But sonship, sonship is the equation. You know, he received his son back with open arms. Son, come on, come on in. So happy to see you. I'm so glad you're back. The equation is sonship. Both brothers in that story were equally lost. Hmm. But in Christ, every person is equally found. Our bodies and our souls are being brought into oneness with their spirit man. 
which is in heavenly places, our spirit, soul, and body are now in sync with one another, and together we are brought into oneness with our Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. This is our life more abundantly. This is our limitless, amazing reality. That he paid for. He was beaten and marred for you so we could live in this place right here, right now. The old prophets of the Old Testament yearned for this moment that we are living and walking in right now. But we have to realize who we are and what's been really been done for us. It looks like Christ consciousness. We have to become where we're completely engulfed in the mind of Christ to where his thoughts become our thoughts. And we're always aware of him and what he's doing. We're thankful for all things. He says, count it all joy. Be content in all things, no matter the situation, because of what he's already done. We always have something to be thankful for. Always, no matter the situation or the circumstance. In this very moment, right here, right now, you have something to be thankful for. It doesn't matter how bad things look, how bad the world's getting. If it wasn't for him doing what he did and making a way for you, you can always bring it back to him and be thankful for that. It doesn't have to be material junk. <laughs> hmm. Thank you, Lord, for your contentment. Thank you for your fullness. I thank you that we're mindful and we begin to count it all joy. I'm preaching to myself right now, Lord, I thank you that I begin to thank take captive every thought and bring it back to your obedience and count it all joy and be content in all things and grateful for all things. Thank you for making a way for that to, to even be possible. Thank you for being you and who you created us to be, Lord. This is not a gift. It's an inheritance. It's not a gift that just goes away. We have inherited this from our Father. This is our inheritance that we're walking in right now. Hmm. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> A gift is worn on the outside. Like if I gave Brian that shirt. If I did, I didn't. But if I did, you know, he'd be wearing the gift. And inheritance is like somebody planting a seed and that seed gets nurtured and watered and it grows up to be a mighty bountiful tree that bears fruit for the more generations to come and the inheritance grows and it gets bigger and bigger that's the kingdom that's the culture that God's bringing forth here on earth we don't love because he told us to love we love because it's our culture. That's the culture of the kingdom. We don't give because he told us to give. We give because that's our culture. He freely gave, so we freely give. We give out of love. We bless our enemies because that's our culture. We bless those who have wronged us because that's our culture. Not because we're trying to do good to get good. It's because that's who we are, and that's who he's created us to be. That's sonship. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hmm. So, Lord, I thank you for what you're doing in our house. I thank you for what you're doing inside of us. I thank you for these seeds that you're nurturing. I thank you for what you've done, Lord. Just the, the whole beautiful love story that you created for us to walk in, to rest in. The way 
the truth, the life that we're walking in and abiding in. I thank you for this oneness. I thank you for bringing greater revelation into the oneness, into who we are, into our identity and who you say we are and who you've made us to be. I thank you for always providing a way where it seems like there is no way. You're an amazing father, amazing lover. We cast our adoration onto you, Lord, and nothing else. For it is for you and through you that we live and move and have our being. So excited to be called your son, Lord. Thank you for making us sons and daughters of the Almighty. We worship you, we praise you, we magnify you. We are your mirror image here on earth. We give you the glory, the honor. Thank you, Father. Lord. Thank you for resting your presence on us. I thank you that we begin to glow from knowing, Lord. That we begin to know that we know that we know without a shadow of a doubt who we are in you and who you've made us to be. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for teaching us and comforting us. scripture real quick. <laughs> Psalms 37, 4, and I'm going to also do 8. Uh, 8 is something that I've experienced this week. So 37, 4, it's delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Um, that's a promise and that's something we need to, we need to hang, our, hang our hat on and, and, and truly believe. Um, eight is something that, uh, something that I've, is something I've dealt with and that's cease, cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret, it leads only to evil doing. So as you, your tempers rise, don't do it. Don't, don't allow your temper to take you somewhere you don't need to be. And uh, it, it's easy to do. Um, something else I wanted to kind of talk about. Um, last night I woke up at 2 o'clock in the morning again. And uh, me and the Lord had an hour of conversation. And um, one of the things he was doing talking to me about is reaffirming what he's done in my life to me, how he's molded me and formed me and how my personality, he shaped my personality a certain way and he was able to use that in my career. And um, so I was kind of known as the firefighter. Uh, it wasn't literal fires, it was if there's trouble, put Craig in it, make him work it out, get it fixed. I felt and I, and I succeeded. Failed at the beginning, succeeded as I learned from my failures. So when, when you're going through life, think about what is God trying to teach me in these trials that I'm going through? How can I 
learn from that to the next level of succeeding in success, success, success. Now, you're not always going to succeed, but so, um, so that's what I did. I would go into companies that were companies or departments and they'd be getting ready to lose contracts, getting ready to go business. And I would go in and just put all my effort I could into it to see and how to make it efficient and how to pull the money back into where the company's making money. And um, um, I had some success in it. And, and, and it's because of my personality. It's, so don't get this, don't take me wrong. And this is not me, this is all God. Because I would say, God, I got, I got problems. Man, this is a mess. And I'll take my first step in and he would, that mess is gone. And I wouldn't do anything. He would just, that mess is gone. And I go in and say, hey, I've got this problem. And I'm going to have to, you know, I'm about to fire a few people. And he's like, they moved on on their own. I didn't have to fire them. I didn't have to take that, that step that's, the way I say it is you don't fire anybody. They fire themselves. But it's still a painful process. Because you know it's affecting their lives. Whether they're a good person or bad, it's still going to affect their lives. But God always seemed to, it was, it's just so funny the, how I would just tell him what I needed done. And it was, it was just amazing how he would take care of it. And, and it's like, wow, this is so easy. Because God was doing it all. So one of the things he was telling me last night is we all live in a box. And he wants us to step outside of that box. So you have your norms, your comfort zones, the things you've always done that have always worked for you. And then all of a sudden you'll get in your life where things aren't working. Things are just, and you're still staying in that box. You're still staying where it's comfortable and where you always know he wants you to step out of that box. And that's part of what, the, what was talked about today, stepping out of that box. Step into Christ. Step into His everything He has. Now, is it going to be comfortable? No, it's not going to be comfortable. But that's how you grow. I mean, kids have growing pains. I mean, we're going to have growing pains. But get out of that box. So my prayer today, Lord, I pray that we all come to know our boxes where we've limited ourselves, where we've said no because of fear, or we've said no because somebody might look at us wrong, or we might be hated. We need to step out of that box and go into what he has for you. And that, a lot of that is you got to go into prayer time and say, God, you know, what do you have for me? Don't limit him, because we do. We talked about our business meeting, our, our men's meeting yesterday, business meeting, men's meeting yesterday, uh, how fear of success will stop you. Uh, we've experienced that, me and my wife, fear of success. What will happen to be doing all this? And then you're saying, well, then I'm going to be putting 16, 18 hours a day into this job. And I'm going to, you know, I'm going to not be with my family and friends. And I'm not going to enjoy a lot. But it's, it's all contrived right here. It's all contrived. It's not even real. So, so again, get back to God. I pray that we see our boxes. And, Lord, open our eyes to stepping outside that box. What does that mean for each and every one of us? Step outside that box. Step in what he has for you. He just told you. He just told you in the scripture. If you delight yourself in him and you love him and you give him everything, he's gonna give you things of your heart, the desires of your heart. Your desires are gonna change, believe me, your desires will change, but as you delight in God, your desires become more pure, more, God, how do you see this? Well, that's pretty cool, I'd like to have that. Not physical necessarily, but I'd like to have that excitement, that life, the, the things that God has for you. So. That's my prayer for the group today. And uh, that's what he revealed. It took, well, there was a lot more to it because he walked me through my, <laughs> he walked me through my career. But it was, uh, it was interesting because he kept saying, I did this for you. I knitted you in your mother's womb to be the man you are. I did this and you excelled by loving me and giving me and sacrifices to me. And uh, 
their sacrifice on some of those paths. Believe me, and you all know this. You're all living the same life I'm living in. But uh, it's well worth it if you're chasing after God. Amen. Hey, I got a testimony to share. A couple nights ago, my wife and I woke up at 5 a.m. and we both had a dream about the same person. And that same person claims to be an unbeliever at times and all, all kinds of different things. It's a very close person in our family. And we've been praying for him for a long time. That he would begin to know his identity and who he's been created to be. And we woke up and I said, hey, I had a, a dream. She goes, what? I did too. And then there, was so, there were several similarities in the dreams. They were both different, but there were similarities. And so I reached out and I uh, sent a text message about the dreams to him. And in the, in the dream that I had, I, we were sitting down and he had the King James Bible. And I was going through the Bible with him and showing him the different root words, like how the words in the Bible have different meanings if we actually find out the root meaning in the Greek and Hebrew language. And I was sitting there doing that in the dream. And then in the text that I sent him, I, I told him about that. And then I sent him two different scriptures and, the, and broke down the words for him just so he would have an understanding on what I was talking about. And his reply back was, you're not going to believe this. But last night before I went to bed, I prayed for the first time in a long time. And he goes, he goes, this is deep. <laughs> yeah. Which if you know him, it's even more funny. Yeah. But I say that just to as an example of the oneness the father has with his kids. Because this, this, this guy is, hadn't been in contact with the Lord, you know, forever. Just doesn't want anything to do with him. But in this moment, the Lord was right there. I think that's the importance of whenever like we could have very easily have not reached out to him and we could have just been like, oh, you had a dream? Oh, I had a dream, cool. And we could have kept it to ourselves. but the importance of saying, hey, the Lord is laying you on my heart. If the church would be the church and say, hey, can I pray for you today? Hey, I was thinking about you. Hey, I'm gonna bring groceries over. Like the things that we do, the, w the way that we can be the body will change people's lives. And so we're believing that that's what he needed was a touch from the Lord to, to run with us. Okay. I don't know why we keep looking at the clock because we don't really care about the time. It just feels like we keep doing it. I don't know. We're used to the kids coming in. That's what it is. I'm used to kids coming and they're not, so it's throwing me off. So um, we love you guys. Don't forget about our new um, small group that JD and Amanda teach on Wednesdays and youth group on Wednesdays. Oh, uh, I don't, don't, too. Yeah. Okay. Do you have young adults this week? No? Okay. I don't know. I don't know who's in charge here because nobody knows what's going on. <laughs> so young, right. young adults is every other week, and so we had it this week. And so it's the first and the third, right? Yeah, the first and the third. So it's not this Wednesday. It will be the next Wednesday. And there will be no youth this Wednesday because it's spring break. But I think that J.D. and Amanda will still have small group. But I don't know, because I don't run it. So just check the Facebook page. And they're not here because they don't feel good. I mean, we really know what's going on. We just have to find out first. So anyway, um, 
We love you guys. Thank you for coming. If you're new today, come and see Jason so we can give you a hug and um, pray with you if you would like prayer. So I'm going to pray and then we're going to go. Yep. Oh, Jesus. It is our greatest honor to serve you, Lord. To know you, to walk with you, to tell other people about you, Father. This, this, is, the things that, this is the thing that we will do the rest of our days, God. We lay down any any desire within us and we say, God, use us. Tell us what to say. Tell us what to do. Father, your kingdom is what drives us. Your kingdom, your presence, God, is what we, what we long for, what we have. It's what we have. It's not what we have to wait for, God, but it's what, it's our, it's our desire. It's what drives us. It's what keeps us going. It's what makes us want more. It's what makes us want to teach it. It's what, what makes us plant a church and hold in. <laughs> it's you, Father. This is a place for you to come and rest, God. It's for you, Lord. In all the days of our life, Father, we would declare your goodness, your glory. We love you, Jesus. Amen.